Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Who loves an adventure? Isn't that exciting? I remember when Heidi and Joe were small and um, they were kind of getting a bit restless and um, uh, I just needed to get them out of the house and I said, come on, let's go for an adventure. And they had no idea what adventure was. It wasn't, they, it had no meaning, but it sounded exciting. So we took them for a long walk and I remember Joe looking at this leaf. He was thinking, when's the adventure going to happen? And he looked at the leaf and went, is that an adventure? No, Joseph, that's a leaf. And... Uh, <laughs> But he was only about two and a half or three, so it's like, uh, so we'll, we'll give it to him, okay? It's uh, yes, that's an adventure. This is very exciting. It's a dead leaf, and uh, but we kind of feel like the uh, the the adventure. The adventure starts here, doesn't it? This is when 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 you when you place your foot on the ground and you you go out and you possess the land and. Uh, um, when we came to Scotland, uh, Cheryl's grandmother gave us a prophetic um, scripture. Um, she comes from a traditional strict Baptist background, just in love with the Lord, traditional, but of course she wouldn't have called it prophetic because they didn't use that language. Uh, but it was, and it was um, that every place that you, um, everywhere that you place your feet, um, you shall possess it. And so God has really given us this sense that we're here to possess Scotland. We're here to stride across. We have uh, our church here in Aberdeen. We also have our congregation in Inverness. Uh, and God is doing awesome things there. Joe um, uh, and Josephine are based up in Inverness there at the moment. And God is doing just incredible things. Isn't it exciting? And uh, so um, James gave a prequel on Sunday night of our Always series. And uh, this is a, is a short series that we're doing, which we're hoping to help define some of the life and some of the culture of who we are and what God is saying to the church as we, as we step out into the adventure. When, you, when you're stepping out an adventure, you want to know kind of who you're going with and why you're going. And kind of what are the values of what you're going with. I, um, as you know, I'm a Land Rover fan. Um, it's, it's quite sad really being a Land Rover fan because they, they've become increasingly expensive, stupidly so, and I can see them slipping away from me. <laughs> and uh, I'm just looking at it going, yeah, I don't know about that anymore. <laughs> and, and then having to settle with second best. And, and you're like, oh, I'll get, I'll get something less then. Shall I get a Skoda or something? And, um, anyone's got a Skoda? May the Lord bless you. And uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> And uh, so, you know, I, but uh, as, I, as I was saying last week, Land Rover have this, um, have this um, Hibernaut. It's a, it's a hashtag Hibernaut, which is, um, it's about when, when you've got a Land Rover, you don't hibernate, you hibernate. You get out in the rain and you get out and you have an adventure. But the key thing about the adventure is you're getting out in a Land Rover, which can go anywhere, do anything, um, and keep you warm. You can do it in five five-star class and drive up a mountain. So you've kind of got best of both worlds. And um, it's this kind of sense that I'm not just going out on an adventure. I'm going out on an adventure in a Land Rover. Well, the church 
is going out on an adventure, well, you want to know what car we're driving. This, this is what the Always series is about. It's about the quality of the vehicle. It's about our values. It's about who we are and what, and what the Word of God says about the church and who we always will be. And this word always has been running, running around in my heart for, uh, since last year. And I've been talking a lot uh, to the team uh, about this um, series and about what it is um, that uh, God has called us to do. It says in Hebrews chapter 12, and verse 28, it says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. The Bible says we are receiving a kingdom. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom, you see, the thing about the word of God and God's kingdom that is always the same. And so we are always receiving. Here's the thing about your life is that when you stop receiving what God is putting into you, you start losing what you had gained in the first place. You've got to always be receiving that you may maintain what you had. If you, Many people, what they lose is they lose the, the receiving process. They come to church, but they don't get anything. And I've, I've had people come to me and say, oh, I'm not sure I'm getting fed. Hey, listen, uh, I'm not here to feed you. I'm here to show you where the food is. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, you, you've got to feed yourself because you're not a baby and you don't need this. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we do to babies. We spoon it. Now, when people just come to Jesus, sure, we show them the word of God. But after that, you're responsible for feeding yourself. <laughs> And, it received, and you see, the kingdom of God is a kingdom of receiving. We are receiving a kingdom. Let me read it to you again. We are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. It will always, always be. It cannot be robbed. It cannot be broken. It cannot be destroyed. You can see the, the troubles of life and think that that is happening to the church. The church is not ever weakened by the events of life around you. So we are always receiving a kingdom. And we've got to understand what it is that God has called us to receive. We are here to receive something that changes people's lives. I've got a good friend um, in uh, Algeria, um, and he's a pastor in a town um, it's, uh, it's one of the, it's quite a big city. It's not in the capital of Algeria. And um, his name is Nordine. And Nordine um, has become known by the locals as the Pope of Algeria. <laughs> and they call, they call him the Pope because he's so held with respect. And here's a man who's built a church of about 500 people in an exclusively Muslim country, quite a strong Muslim country. He has a church of 500 people and people are coming in and getting saved the whole time. Without having a Christian background, they're coming in and they're getting born again. And, but what happened is he's had all kinds of persecution, all kinds of trouble over the years. And what happened was that the president of Algeria got sick. He got very, very sick. Uh, was in Paris and was expected to die. Now, a lot of his opponents were just going, yeah, please die, please die. But Nordine's church sent, re- sent representatives and they, they managed to get word through to the president that they were praying that he would be healed 
and he would be fully restored uh, and that he would be able to come back uh, and be able to lead the country. And this made such a huge impact on him that great favour come on the church. He couldn't believe that Christians were praying for him. And so when he, and let me tell you something, it doesn't matter who's leading your country, you've got to pray for them. You might, you might not agree with them, but you've got to pray for them because God put them there, amen? And so we have to understand that as they were praying, as they were praying for him, so he started to gain favour. There were some um, policemen who would come in and they caused, they would break up the services and the police came in to their building and said, we're shutting down your church uh, and, uh, and so Nordine, he made inquiries back to more powerful points of influence. And suddenly these policemen who were threatening to close them down, there was about five of them. They were all given different jobs in different parts of the country, completely separated from each other and separated. They, they just, it was just, there was authority coming from on high. And now his church is just has extraordinary favor. You see, you see, you've got to understand, it doesn't matter where you are or what you're going through, we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. And to receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, we've got to understand that God has put us in a house where there are patterns and there are processes by which things will always work. He says in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 7, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7, it says, Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow considering the outcome of their conduct. And then, this is amazing, this is a verse which is often quoted, but not together with this verse. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Now we don't put those two verses together. We separate them. But the context of Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever sits with verse 7. Remember those who rule over you, who've spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. If we're going to go out on an adventure, I want you to be able to come with me. I want to walk with the church. And here's the thing I found. We've been going now for 20 years. That's 2,600 Sunday services, Paul. And you've been in most of them. (laughs) Probably over 2,000 Sunday services. That's quite a lot, isn't it? I just suddenly think, as um, I think Hannah was saying, maybe this is your, or Ruth, it was your 100th time. Somebody said 100th time. I'm thinking, yeah, 2,600th, actually. (laughs) That's a, that's a lot of Sunday services. And I found this, that the people who get the outcome, get the fruit in their lives, are the ones who follow the pattern that has been set before them. I've been placed in this city to set a pattern that if people are courageous enough to follow, you will be blessed in what you're walking in. Now, I know that I can say that with confidence for this simple reason. I followed the same pattern that I found in other leaders. It says in um, 1 Timothy, it says, sorry, in 2 Timothy, and uh, (laughs) Donald's looking at me because I gave him all the Bible verses before the service, but I never gave him this one. And there's a simple reason. You've got to keep him on his toes because they just go to sleep at the back. (laughs) 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13 New King James Version, the only Bible that God reads. 
<laughs> You're all right. Okay. It says, hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Paul is speaking to Timothy. He's saying, Timothy, you want the fruit. You want it, the conduct that I, the blessing that I have lived in by the lifestyle that I have lived. You want that. Live according to the pattern that I've spoken of. There is a pattern of living. And we're setting out a pattern. It's a pattern of life, of liberty, of faith, of tenacity, of generosity, of Holy Ghost prayer, of reaching out into worship. It is a pattern that I guarantee will bring fruit in your life. Now, I followed other men's pattern. They are pastors over my life, Pastor Ashley and Ruth, they're coming here on Sunday, on first the uh, 20th anniversary. They set out a pattern. And I remember watching Pastor Ashley pray when I was, before I was a pastor. Now, I had dreams to be a pastor, but Ashley was a pastor and I had dreams to be a pastor. So for me to be a pastor, I got to follow the pattern that he's walking in because he's already got there. And if I want to get there, it's smart to follow the man who's already got there. And so I remember learning to pray as he prayed. And here's the thing. I discovered he prayed different to me. I didn't pray like a man who carried the weight of a church. I prayed like, the ma- like a man who was a, a father and had a business. I prayed. I was like, God, help me. Give me money today. <laughs> But I didn't pray with the weight and with the strength of one who knows how to carry the responsibility of what rests upon the house, upon the, the, the church. And I remember watching him pray, and he seemed to, I mean, Ashley's a big man, and he's got shoulders that are about six feet wide. And he, he just seemed to pray, and it's like he carried this weight of prayer. And I remember him praying, and as I'm looking at him praying, I'm going, if I learn to pray like that, I will learn how to carry what is in the house and I will be able to fulfill the call which is on my life. You see, the call doesn't just happen. You've got to walk in the pattern that is set for you that you can do it. Now, I've had many people come to me and go, oh, yeah, but that's, I'm not really like that. Well, you know what? It's not about what you're like. It's about the pattern that has been set before you. God has put you in the house to follow the pattern Because the pattern is good for you. And if you follow the pattern of living, you will be blessed in what you're doing. See, I um, used to make furniture. Uh, My brother is here, Mike and Claire. And uh, Mike was in business. We were in business together, as was the whole family. And we kind of still are, actually. And uh, it's 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 sort of a clan thing. We were a big family. And uh, it doesn't matter where we are in the world, but we always end up working together. And so, um, when, I was, when we had a furniture business, I learned how to make furniture. So, when we moved um, up north of Allen, I wanted to rebuild the kitchen. And I didn't want just fitted kitchen, you know, like chipboard units and fake wood fronts and all that kind of horrible thing. So, a bit snob value, right? I wanted something handmade and I wanted it freestanding and I wanted it looking old because that's what the kitchen, what the house was. It was old. I wanted it to be. So I started to make this kitchen and to make the kitchen, each unit is individual, it's unique, it doesn't look like the other unit. But I made patterns and for each pattern, 
I made a different piece of furniture following the same pattern. Now you understand me here. So I made a pattern for doors, and I made a pattern for drawers, and I made a pattern for making the cabinets. <laughs> each one had a... You was expecting a rhyme there, wasn't you? Each one had its own pattern, and all I had to do was adjust the, the, adjust the measurements to make it fit the space it was going into and the f- job that it was going to do. So I made a, a cupboard that would hold the saucepans. I made a, a drawer that would hold um, all of the... I don't know what Cheryl puts in it. And I made a, and I made a two and a half metre sideboard which had uh, sliding shelves and, and drawers and, and, and other cupboard space. And, and then I made a sink unit. Each one individual, unique in its own way yet they were all built according to the same pattern. I just had set patterns, and I built an entire kitchen. Each unique, each different, followed the same pattern. I want you to understand that God has called us to follow. If we follow the pattern, it doesn't matter what you're called to do, or who you are, or how unique you are, you will fulfill the call of God, and you will come into that place of adventure that God has called you to walk in. Amen? See, we've got to understand that God has called us to walk in a pattern that is set by godly conduct. I'm amazed the amount of people that get robbed from the call of God by somebody else's decisions from which they shouldn't be following. Why, why do people... Oh, well, listen, I understand why. Because we have friendships, and friendships touch your heart, Right? But I discovered this. I'm just going to keep on following the people who are following Jesus and not let emotion take me somewhere else. And I'm amazed the amount of people's destiny is utterly changed by another person's decision. It's like, but that was, why? And I'm thinking as a pastor, listen, this is always, we've done 2,600 services. We're going to do five. We're going to do 5,200. Is that, is that double? It is, isn't it? If we're going to do 5,200 services, it's amazing when you're preaching, your mind's suddenly telling you, you got that wrong, you got that wrong. <laughs> They're all looking at you like you're stupid. And uh, we're going to do 5,200 services. Well, that's 40 years. And you know what? What does it need? It needs a consistency of pattern that enables the church to come to Jesus Christ on a regular basis, discover that He forgives you, that He restores you, that He enables you and empowers your life to go out and do something incredible. You know, there is nothing stopping you from fulfilling what God has placed in your heart. Look at this in Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. It says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. It's good, isn't it? It feels good. It's like, we've got this grace. I've found faith in Jesus Christ. And now I've got grace that will help me do anything. And then it gets a bit miserable after that. It goes in verse 3. It says, not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. No, we don't. (laughs) I always read that way. We glory in tribulations. 
knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Oh, joy. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. See, hope is found in the always being always. What is always? Always is standing through tribulation. Always is being strong in perseverance. Always is still always being there. One of the most powerful things about the church that has an impact is that church go through different seasons. Culture, society changes. But the church that is always there has opportunity to make an impact in someone's life. We're not blown. The Bible says that apostles and prophets have been placed over our lives that we are not tossed to and fro by waves that come. There are many strange... The Bible says don't be taken up by strange doctrines. There are a lot of weird things out there. If it sounds weird, here's a clue. If it sounds weird, it is weird. (laughs) It is weird. Now here's the thing, right? God does do unusual things. But there is a grace with the unusual and there is a weirdness with the freaky. Alright? And, and it's kind of like, it's like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, I've seen the Holy Spirit do amazing things in people's lives. Absolutely. I've seen extraordinary miracles. I've prayed for people, prayed for a woman who had no womb and she got pregnant. She got pregnant, had no womb. I mean, work that one out. Remember praying for a woman who had extra rib bones, some sort of deformity in her um, in her uh, her back, and she had all these sort of bones, and they disappeared. It was causing her immense pain. They disappeared. It's, I probably never see that again. Do you understand? It's like if people go, "Oh, let's do it again." Yeah, it doesn't really work like that. <laughs> These are one-off life events often. These are like God meeting unusual things. I've seen the power of God throw people through the air. I've seen people delivered from demonic spirits. I've had people, I've had people, I had a woman in, in India um, who was the um, high caste um, uh, Hindu woman, Brahmin, and uh, who was threatening to eat me. She was speaking to me in English. She didn't speak a word of English. And she was telling me in English that she was, she was going to eat me. And it was only later I discovered that I was with Carson. It was like, in Jesus' name, come out of her. She goes, I'm going to eat you. And, I, <laughs> and eventually we discovered that actually in this, we, were in the, we were in the hilltop of, of uh, Jammu in um, Kashmir. And we were up in the mountains. And they still practice cannibalism there. And these are the, they actually do. And in fact, I was watching a TV program um, where they actually boast that they eat people's flesh. And it's like, and I suddenly went away and went, she really was going to eat me. Here we are. They're going to, you like And uh, <laughs> so it was like, I've seen amazing things. I've seen God do incredible things. But I want you to know that if you live for the incredible, what you must live for is the consistency. Because when you're consistent, then God can do unusual things. He can do incredible things because your life is there. When you're there for the adventure, the adventure can take place. I've seen people lose the adventure. 
And we are here to bring the adventure back. Place it in people's hearts and lives and say, come, let's win a nation for Jesus Christ. Let's see marriages healed again. Let's see kids restored back to their parents. Let's see people's broken lives be made whole. Let's see people who just living day to day without any sense of why to get a revelation and an understanding that God has a purpose for their life that they may do incredible things for Him rather than just for themselves. Let's lead people who are gifted in just everything. Some people are just so incredibly gifted yet they have no purpose and their purpose was created to worship God and to lead people into the presence of God. There are incredible people who have incredible gifts. There are some of you here so gifted. You're as gifted as the musicians that are on the stage in music. God's got a purpose for you to stand on this stage too. To maybe stand on the stage in Inverness or anywhere else that we plant a church. God has got an amazing thing for your life. Maybe it's just standing with families. Maybe you've got the patience of Job. Maybe you can just, you're one of those people who's just able to sit and listen to the heartache of others and you can take it for hours on end and this amazing grace, this strength. But you've never found that place. I want you to know when we're always here, we're always in a place where we can lead people to Jesus Christ. We're always there, and you will find that opportunity. That, there is, do you know, it's one of the most precious things, walking away, having spent time with someone. Maybe year and Cheryl has sometimes seen some people for like two years, every week for two years, and then the breakthrough happens. And then, and for two years, I remember Cheryl going, I don't know, I, I don't know, I, I don't know whether they're going to change. I don't even know why I'm going to see them. But suddenly, God comes through. And after two years, looking into their eyes, going, thank you, Jesus. You know what? There is a gift that rests on your life. The only way to see the gift flow is to follow the pattern that the church is setting out, saying, we're going to do this. We're going to walk in this way. We're going to see God do incredible things. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.